Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gawk. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is How to Find and Be a Podcast Guest. Uh, so we've been doing a little podcasting for a while. We just did our annual review of podcasts, right? Ta-da. And then we decided, oh, we have so much content that we actually should be making another episode too because um, there's a lot of things that we've learned about being a podcast guest and, and finding podcasts or like people who have wanted to be our guests as well. So the first thing um, that we wanted to talk about is um there's a couple different podcast connection platforms um so originally when we first started we were asking people that we knew and we still do that because that is really we find some really quality interviews um that way through either like a friend of a friend or whatever that is doing something really interesting um but so there's a couple different ones that i have looked at um before there's pod match is one of them Another one that's out there is Audrey.io. Yeah, and and I actually haven't like dabbled a lot with this one, um, but then there's other places too that are uh, podcast rec- uh, Facebook groups where you can find a guest, be a guest. Um, those in the past have been good if you are looking for um, very specific things so there's a lot of people that are like more than willing to be on your podcast right uh in those kind of groups because that's what they're there to do but uh you also have to be very specific about what you're looking for in a guest or it's overwhelming how many people um will comment on it and then the other negative thing like you just have to be aware of with Facebook groups is that if you were in a really active group and you comment on something and you're like yeah this sounds really interesting to me or whatever or you're like looking to be a guest um they can comment back or they'll say okay I'll, I'll dm you or like direct message and then um sometimes it can take people like a little bit to get around to it and commonly what I've seen is about the time that they finally get back to you you can't find the original thread that you were talking to that person on and you can't remember the context of the conversation because it was just like comments on an original post and that's like if the the group is so busy that it's just posting and posting and posting and then all that whole conversation is pushed way down in the feed that you Mm -hmm. can't even find it anymore yeah so Originally, when I was in a, like, very first uh, Facebook group that was getting started, it was only, like, a couple hundred people, and it was, like, pretty manageable. But I would say um, groups that get over, like, 300 people start just getting out of control in that way, and then it's like, oh, okay, like, there's too many people talking. And I really I really do think it depends on um, the group in general, too, because mm-hmm. you can learn a lot of great things from other people, Um in big groups. So how would you optimize using Facebook groups for finding uh, people to interview or people to be on their podcast? Yeah. So if you're going to know what kind of content you want to produce and say specifically like, this is the type of person I'm looking for. Um, And then also if you're going to be a guest and you want to introduce yourself in a Facebook group, you say, here are the things that I can talk about. And um, Podmatch actually does a really good job of walking you through that if you want to be a guest. Um, You can say, these are the things that I can talk about any day of the week, like these five topics or whatever. 
And then um, what's nice about PodMatch is that it like will um, do algorithm matching of you with uh, with podcast hosts. Um, the downside of PodMatch is that um, they want you to do all of your stuff within the platform, which is like good if you're not an organized person, but if you already have your own processes, then that can like take up a lot of time to like double do that information, especially because mm-hmm. if you're like scheduling it on your own calendar and then scheduling it in there and all that kind of stuff how do you ask to be on somebody's podcast yeah so there's different ways that people do that right you can have an intro email um if you find if you're you're doing research on podcasts you have to find ones that are within your target market right yeah it doesn't really make sense for you to like if you are doing makeup it doesn't make sense for you to be on a podcast about cars <laughs> you know? so you have to kind of align with um y- your audience what your audience is going to listen to because if you're trying to build exposure it doesn't make sense to build exposure in a market that you're not trying to reach anyway yeah but also to uh really identify how you can bring value to those listeners and have that clearly defined um sometimes we get requests from people to be on our podcast and it's like so much information about like we've been on this podcast this podcast this podcast and I'm like I don't really care where else did you do yeah (laughs) and and I mean like it's great that you've been doing all this work and getting on all these podcasts but like what is it that really will be valuable to my listeners right and then on top of that, I'm just going to say that majority of people who request to be on our podcast, they're actually doing it through someone else. Mm. So they have a team of people and one person on their team is specifically working on making these requests. And and there's actually companies out there like in the past when podcasting wasn't a huge thing or like talk show hosts in general, you would pay like a marketing company or like a booking company to go get you all these interviews and exposure. And they got paid based on how many interviews that guest had. Mm-hmm. That's a lot um, how the radio industry works. Um, a lot of people will say, hey, I have a guest. This is the book they're putting out. This is what they want to do, blah, blah, blah. And then you get on, they'll book you if they find it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So they're taking that same approach that they use in radio and then they're doing it for podcasts. And I don't necessarily think that that's bad, but what I found when we've looked at different people who are requesting to be on our podcast is that they have one pitch that they use for everybody. They don't take the time to know about us or why um, why they think it's a good fit. And so, because um, they're just mass producing this stuff, which means that you could really, I, unfortunately, get a guest that says the exact same thing that they just said on everybody else's podcast. And it's not unique content. It's not really bringing value to anybody. And that's why we try really hard to create uh, custom questions to send them so that we're asking them things that maybe they haven't talked about before. And you can kind of hear it every now and then, like when you strike a chord, like if they're like, oh, now they can transition into their pitch that they've given 10,000 times and they just like go and it's like, oh, okay, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think um, one thing that we've found, so, and I mean, obviously a lot of people want to be on a podcast because they're trying to get their name out there and Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing but how you go about that has all of the meaning of tact in the world right and and one thing that we've found as hosts is that it's more fun for us to like actually 
get to know the person, interview them ourselves or like talk with them and find out all the different things about them so that we can pick out, okay, this is what we think is actually going to be valuable to our listeners. And then we actually talk about why we think that's valuable. Like, wow, this is what you're doing and this is what we really appreciate about it. So that they don't have to sell themselves because anytime anyone sells themselves, it's incredibly awkward. Mm -hmm. Oh my word. It's way easier to talk up somebody else than to talk up yourself. Yeah. And you want to know something like that is totally an advantage that Ruthie and I have when we're (laughs) interviewed on other people's podcasts. And I'm not great about talking up myself in those ways. I'll just be like, oh, you know, I have like a business. And Ruthie's like, okay, we're backing up the train. (laughs) Like that guy's amazing. And here's why. And I'm like, oh, I was not, I was not expecting you to do that. But thank you because I'm not good about telling people that aspect right Mm -hmm. and one thing that's really fun about podcasting is that it's pretty low risk for the people that you're interviewing like it's not like they have to look really good or they have to like smell good if they're gonna be in person (laughs) they just kind of show up you know and you can record them from wherever um but the so what i've seen like when i if i uh, watch a webinar on something or if i take a linkedin course or something like that what's been cool for me and i've been starting to kind of as i've been building confidence in in what we're doing i've started to reach out to those people and uh, we're gonna be interviewing some of them in the future which i'm so excited about because i just reached out to them filled out their contact form on their site uh, and then just said hey I heard you speak at this webinar can we interview you on our podcast and gave like just a little spiel or whatever but that's for me what has been really fun is because it's not just going to like the the, the platforms like um audrey.io and uh and podmatch and facebook groups they're really valuable but what's fun for me is being able to find someone who i think is really cool and reach out to them and say hey can we interview you mm-hmm. and because it's a pretty like yeah like low risk they more often than not we've gotten people that said yeah but I will say, be prepared to be ghosted. You know, like if mm-hmm. somebody reaches out and then you're like going to do it and then they like don't follow up or whatever. We've had quite a few of those where like we set up something and then they just don't show up to the meeting and then we follow up. And then Becca and I usually our go to is like, wow, they probably died. <laughs> wow I hope they're okay yeah (laughs) which I think is it's maybe a morbid mentality but I feel like it's actually like good because we're not basing our worth in being able to get interviews we're just like oh okay it didn't work out oh man what if they died <laughs> like, like we should really be understanding to whatever's going on in their life right now yeah and a logistical thing too when you are scheduling out is logistical a word mm-hmm. okay good uh, <laughs> a logistical thing when you're scheduling out with people if you schedule out too far in advance people will forget or if you have a huge backlog you, you either need to be really open and honest about that and say, hey, we're recording this, but we have like, we're booked out two months in advance before this is really going to go live. You need to like prep them for it, prep them for yeah. that so that they don't think it's going to come out right away. But we found that the, the, when we book them really out far in advance, then people more, more often than not forget about it. Mm-hmm. So if you can get it within the next two weeks or so of reaching out to someone, if you can schedule it in the next two weeks, then that is kind of the ideal f- mm-hmm. time frame that we found. Or send a, like a follow-up email, like reminder, this is coming up. 
and going back to like the low risk thing, um, when you think about like Becca always is really into data, which is awesome, um, that 10% of podcasts are recorded live. So the vast majority of them, 90% of them are pre-recorded. So if you go mm-hmm. into that when you're requesting like interviewing other people and just tell them, like we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, and just tell them, hey, if you say something that you didn't want to say, just pause and we'll edit it out. You know, so like it's when you reach out to people, like making sure that they're aware, hey, it's not that big of a deal if you you don't have to be nervous about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I also think it's really important to do your due diligence on your guest, Mm -hmm. um, because if you don't do that, um, it's so abrupt. And we've actually heard this from and and. Uh, quite a few different guests where they're like wow like this is the most thorough interview like I've ever had and that's in regards to people that have done a ton of interviews but one thing that and those those are valuable interviews like I've enjoyed getting to know those people and learning about their lives and um, but some of my favorite ones that we've done have been with people who do not get interviewed a lot and you just like it's like finding this gold mine of knowledge that people just they don't ask them and so you get to just talk with them and, and it's not scripted but you're asking es- experts on things and they can just like be like oh yeah and just tell you mm-hmm. even though nobody's ever asked them before and so it's so fun to to get those responses that are not canned from someone who's done 20 interviews in a week mm-hmm. um so those are my favorites yeah and i would say like the majority of people that are on facebook groups podcast like um platforms for connections they're really big business minded or like they're pushing to grow their business right Mm -hmm. and they're doing these things because they know a lot about marketing and the people that i find like are hidden gems that were just like oh this is good is is people that like our referrals or whatever and we're like wow Mm -hmm. you're doing something amazing let's talk about it and like they do a lot of work to get their content ready because they're so excited (laughs) to be interviewed (laughs) and and I love those people because Mm -hmm. they're not just doing it to like make money Mm -hmm. they're doing it because they're like you want to know something about what I do Mm -hmm. and you see value in it okay like I'll tell you all about it and they just want to share their knowledge and that's fun Now we're going to talk about what it takes to be a good guest for somebody else. Yeah. So it's really important, and we've learned this the hard way, um, to have what you're going to talk about and what you have as your end goal for the listener, right? Because otherwise it's just you just hanging out and rambling and you're not getting like any call to action of like at the end this is what I really want people to get out of this either it's like I want you to like go check out this YouTube channel and like listen to more stuff on this if you really found this valuable content or go listen to my podcast or go find this book whatever it is provide value in a way for them to connect with you further or it could just be hey like yeah if you enjoyed this um follow me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that platform is that you're using yeah and on that note follow us on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) business talk sister rock (laughs) yeah um also I was thinking about how one thing that's been really valuable is 
when you've been interviewed, you learn how to be a better interviewer. And it also kind of just <laughs> develops a level of compassion too, because it's you are as you are being interviewed, you're responding to someone else's prompts. Whereas when you're interviewing someone, like when Becca and I interview people, we've got our Zoom chats up and then we just send ask this next question to each other. And so we know what we're going to ask the person next, but they don't know. I mean, they have the we send the questions to them beforehand so they know that we're going to ask those questions, but they don't know what order we're going to jump around in or if we have subsequent questions that we're going to ask. So it can kind of feel... When you're on the receiving end of those questions, it's really good to, to develop that compassion of like, wow, this really is kind of unnerving. <laughs> like to just, <laughs> oh, I have to respond right now. Yeah. And- yeah. We've been, when we were interviewed a couple different times, like the first time Ruthie and I did an interview together, we also realized, wow, people get confused because our voices sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> so then that was like, should we be like saying and this is becca talking like or whatever um so those are things that we learned about doing a two-person interview um but also when you're looking at places to be interviewed by um you need to figure out those value points like like i said this is what i can talk about right and do your research on those things if you listen to people's podcasts and then you go check out their websites or whatever and they have a contact us form that's how some people like connect with us as they send us an email and we're not the greatest at looking at all of those in a timely manner. <laughs> but that is how some people have reached out to us. Um, Just Facebook filling out groups. a contact form, yeah. Yeah, filling out a contact form can be a place to do that. I also think it's really important to listen to someone's podcast and know what they do. At the very least, read their about us page. (laughs) Yeah, before you send them an email because you need to know exactly like this is the type of content they produce. I listen to these episodes and I think I can offer you this episode, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's been so many times where people have been like, I want to be on your podcast. And then we're like, have you even listened to our podcast? And they're like, no. And so they have no idea that we do something silly at the end. (laughs) And I'm like, um okay so we do something funny do you have anything embarrassing you want to share (laughs) and they're like what (laughs) a lot of these podcasters are really busy you have to like be able to get them the first time by providing a really valuable phone call or email or whatever showing that you've done your research Mm -hmm. yeah um another thing that i think is really important is having some sort of voice recording that you're sending to if you're going to say i would love to be on your podcast because here's the thing um i have regretted i mean not in this podcast but like in the past when i've been thinking about going on someone's podcast or something i've regretted not listening to their voice first and being like is this someone that actually has good cadence because that can be something that is really hard to navigate in editing or whatever else afterwards. And I think about that when we're going to interview somebody. Yeah. And also, when you going back to value that you can add, you don't have to be uber salesy. <laughs> oh <laughs> We've all listened goodness. to podcasts where the whole thing is like, okay, can you just get to something valuable? I'm so tired of listening to you sell yourself. Like, I'm amazing like, yeah. the whole time. If, if you are have valuable content to say, that is your sales pitch. If you can be so knowledgeable about something and say something that really is profound or like have really good information, that is your sales pitch. It like, if you can, you know, like definitely have your call to action. If you want somebody to check out your website, say 
say that. <laughs> BusinessTalkSisterGog.com. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to sit there and like your whole pitch is just you constantly oozing sales. Yeah, like, oh, check out this this course that I made or check out this uh, printable item that I have or whatever. Like just like that can be really aggressive. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, why can't you just tell me what's in that you know like you can definitely have those resources available to people I'm not saying that but don't make that the focal point of your message in your recording Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I definitely think it does help to also have some good stories of like something in your back pocket to share Mm -hmm. so anytime we talk about something stories really help people maintain information and so if you can say in this specific example this is what happened and here's how this made a difference whatever it is if it was like a life experience or whatever you're going to help people understand oh this is what I need to take away from this conversation okay and do you want to know where you can find valuable content our Facebook page (laughs) yeah whenever we find free stuff or whatever we'll just like throw it on there so you should follow that because that's where you can find updates when we have a new episode coming out too and I I don't even feel hypocritical saying that I feel very good about it because I know that it's valuable information and I know that our podcast does have valuable information for our listeners so you're welcome for that <laughs> and all of it's free come on people <laughs> and now we're going to transition into our sister gog portion where I am going to recount a, a memory that I had from when Becca came home from studying abroad in Ireland <laughs> um so basically again we have a large family, so all six of Becca's siblings, so myself included, went to the airport. Um, my grandpa was there too. This was like several years ago. And we show up and we're sitting there for literally like two hours. And when you have... My flight was delayed. <laughs> and when you have little kids, I think Micah was like... Teeny tiny. Yeah, he was a little munchkin at that time. So it was like there was a lot of running, a lot of getting into things. And anyway, um, but we were sitting there and all of a sudden right before her plane was gonna land my mom whips out this backpack it's <laughs> like and then pulls out these pizza like, like she th- saved a whole bunch of like cardboard from pizza yeah like, like the, the little discs. circle guys and then it had painted the the different letter- letters of welcome home and we had enough people that we could all spell out welcome home <laughs> together like cause, uh, there was a couple of friends that becca had there too um but it was like what what where did when did you do this (laughs) and so we're sitting there like all giddy we're standing there for like 10 minutes and all these people kept walking by and they're like oh how cute oh how cute and i just remember becca coming down the terminal and like she's standing there and becca and i both when we get excited we tend to like like (laughs) clench our fists and like do little like shimmy dances I don't, I don't really know how to describe it but anyway I, I remember seeing her with her um her suitcase and then just like ha! And then we all were standing there with our signs like just standing in place and like shaking and this lady was sitting on the bench next to us and just started bawling <laughs> just like this, this is the most beautiful thing and so we were all it was like slow motion because we're all trying to get her to see this sign so nobody had like made a move to go see her and then so it was like we all just broke formation and ran to go see her and we all met in the terminal and it was just really uh, special. do you want to know something after that though that i thought about because you guys did that and you had so many comments from people yeah. you want to know what just makes people feel loved you literally go stand there with a welcome home sign and a present. Like, doesn't even matter if you know the people. They get off the terminal and you're just like, welcome back. <laughs> and like, seriously, you can totally 
make somebody's day. Yeah. And or freak them out real <laughs> bad. Okay, I'm just also gonna say about that experience. Like this is like the other side of this experience for me is I was like walking from the plane down the hallway and oh, i was yeah i was, broke formation first and sprinted. no 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 just wait just wait this <laughs> okay. is even before you guys saw me okay i was like i could go in the bathroom right now and shove a whole bunch of stuff in my shirt and make it look like i'm pregnant <laughs> and freak my mom out <laughs> like surprise you have only seen me from the face up <laughs> for months <laughs> look what i was working on <laughs> But I like as soon as I was like, I could do that. But you know, I'm just so tired. I do not have time to prank my family right now. (laughs) And so then like I got down there and when I saw them, my first thought as I like see this welcome home was like, wow, I'm so glad I did not do that. (laughs) Yeah. And another thing about our family is that we're very loud. And so then when she like saw her, then we're all like, back up. And then everybody in the whole terminal is like, what's happening? (laughs) They're probably just like, oh, my word. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We will see you again next week. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. Bye. (laughs)